welcome back to another episode of Successful Diligence. I am so grateful that you're here for our season one, episode 29. This one is a little bit longer than our usual podcasts are, but it is chock full of wisdom and laughter and knowledge and entertainment. We've got Jared from the Speak Between the Lines podcast, and he shares with us a ton of really relevant information about the growth mindset and reframing and narratives, and we talk about his life experiences. And it's a great conversation to sort of be a fly on the wall um, because there's such insight that you can glean from Jared and from our conversation. And I'm so excited for you to take a listen. All right, so we are here with our guest of the hour, Jared Rochelle, and we're just going to call you Jared for now. I appreciate that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. I'm definitely excited to be here. We so. are so, so super excited that you um, are blessing the Successful Diligence podcast with your presence. I know that you might be a little uncomfortable. Jared is actually one of the co-hosts of the Speak Between the Lines podcast. Why don't you give a little shout out and uh, explanation about that? All right. So yeah, I'm one of the one of the three hosts of the Speak, Plan, Speak Between the Lines podcast. Uh, we do personal development, finance, as well as current events. Uh, check us out anywhere where you listen to any podcast. We're, we're everywhere. Um, so wherever you listen to Successful Diligence, you can find Speak Between the Lines, black and red. The colors do pop off the page. I have to give you credit for that. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I will say their episodes are a lot longer than the Successful Diligence podcast. So just prepare yourself. You might want to put them on while you're cleaning your house or doing something. Like if you have a long car ride, their episodes tend to be an hour, hour and a half, two hours. They have a lot to talk about and share. Hey, well, it's three of us. So if you have a long commute, you know, this it's a perfect thing. Just don't worry about traffic. You know, you'll definitely be entertained. That is true. They are very entertaining. And that is one reason why I wanted Jared to come on the podcast. Um, season two, especially of the Successful Diligence podcast, is going to be chock full of um, new people coming on to add value, to add a different perspective, different perceptions. And I love, love, love when I'm able to have a man come on because I am definitely have always been a female, will always be, and so I, I don't have the mind of a man, but I know that there are similar struggles and things that they go through in life that women also go through, but from a different perspective, and so I always love to hear the other frame of reference, and okay. so that's why I wanted Jared on, and I wanted Jared by himself because <laughs> I didn't want the dynamic of their podcast, which is a lot more entertaining, a lot of fun. Um, you know, the three of, of those hosts are friends. And I know Jared from, we work together at the same place of employment, but we don't know each other that well. And so that's going to change. That is actually, that is going to change. He is a student of the Successful Diligence School. So we're grateful for that. He's working his way through the Butterfly Transformation course, and he's going to be beta testing our new course, which is just going to be released hopefully in the next week or so. Um, but we, we just got beta testers uh, for the Butterfly Impact course. Nice, nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, in passing, you know, Jared and I have had conversations and I wanted to, to invite him on to kind of talk about the male perspective of focus. Now here at Successful Diligence, we talk a lot about, you know, creating the life that you want to be living. Um, a lot of that deals with your choices, taking responsibility, your mindset, um, the psychology behind all of the things that you do and that you decide in life. And I know, especially for black men and, um, Jared is an African-American or a black uh, man. It's it's a very different world and society that we live in. Would you agree with that? Very much so. Um, it's it's interesting because we have to, we, we live in the same world, but we have to view it differently mm-hmm. because the same world that everybody lives in, everybody doesn't have the same level of access and they don't have the same protection as everybody else. So being different races is something that everyone has to look at. So absolutely. Cause it makes a difference in how people treat you. And even, I don't know if you can hear his accent, but he's from the South y'all. <laughs> and I'm originally from the East coast. So from the dirty South, <laughs> oh, shoot, the dirty South. Um, I don't even know what that really means being from the East coast, but that's okay. That's okay. We can move on from that. <laughs> but he's from the dirty South y'all. Um, but even just being from different geographic locations, racial differences present themselves in different ways. And sometimes that can present challenges when you're trying to motivate yourself, make decisions to move forward in life. Mm-hmm. So let's back up and let's get to know Jared. So give us like a range of your age, unless you're comfortable telling us how old you are. Oh, no. Uh, 33 years old. 33 years old. So definitely in the prime years, developmentally speaking. And in terms of growing up, did you grow up in like a two-parent household, a one-parent household? Um, so it was a two-parent household um, all my life. My parents did divorce, but they both remarried. So I've always been in a two-parent household, whether it's mom, dad, or mom and stepdad. So. Interesting. So you have like bonus parents and... Absolutely. Do they all get along, the adults? Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so there wasn't like, you didn't witness any like fighting or arguing or... Oh, uh, no. Uh, so fortunately, I was blessed that my parents were able to go ahead and keep that separate. Mm-hmm. And even with my step parents, they all, you know, they always believe like, you know, whatever happened between your parents, that's grown folks business. Right. As long as your dad and your mom loves you, that's all that matters. That's interesting because a lot a lot of parents today don't have that boundary. And so that's similar to like the Generation X, which is where I come from. I'm in my mm-hmm. 40s where the parents were the primary, you know, parental level, the parental units. And then the kids were allowed to be kids and didn't have to kind of hold the burdens of their parents. Yeah. No, nah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much it's the same, uh, you know. Growing up, it's like a child can stay in a child's place. So it's like, no, that definitely was a thing. But, um, you know, fortunately, they I was shielded from a lot mm-hmm. of the adult things that happened growing up. So I was able to just enjoy my time with both my parents. So, so you were allowed to be a kid? Yes. Well, that is a blessing because a lot of adults nowadays are healing from their childhood and reliving childhood themes. So that's great. Did you have siblings growing up? Yes. So I uh, had one, uh, have one, one blood brother. Then my parents were married. Then I got a gang <laughs> of siblings. So I have two twin sisters and two sets of stepbrothers. Awesome. And so it, it's interesting coming from this two uh-huh. to going to five oh, wow. <laughs> overnight. So that's like the Brady Bunch. 
It is. <laughs> we were the black beige ones. <laughs> uh, but like that, um, and which is, I stayed the youngest between everything. So just having more people mm-hmm. and seeing different upbringings was a blessing in a sense. So Interesting. And you said you were the baby, right? Yes. So do, was the expectation for your life clear? So like for me, it was expected you're going to go to college. Forget the fact that I almost failed out of high school, but the expectation right. was you go to college, you go to work, like your life is sort of planned out. Was that the same for you or? Um, I feel like it, it, it was, but it was more so because of we're black. Mm-hmm. That it's like um, my mom was a college uh, graduate, got her master's, very educated, uh, and not everybody had the same background in her generation. Gotcha. And same thing with my grandparents. It's like, well, we didn't have this opportunity. You guys are fortunate. You guys are blessed. You're doing this regardless. <laughs> do it if you want to. Do it if you right. don't. It's like, you know, I don't really. <laughs> No, if the college scene is for me, it's like, no, you're at least going to business. Okay. <laughs> so, so did you go to college? Uh, did go, did not finish. Okay. And so when you didn't finish college, did you go into the world of work right away or? Uh, yes. So uh, I, I, I did my freshman year at Louisiana Tech uh, University. Uh, came home. Uh, what messed me up is I got bills. Mm-hmm. Freshman year, didn't have a car, didn't have anything. Came home that summer, it's like, you know, I want a car. So I got a little clunker. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, if you're going to be going out of town, because uh, my school was about 45 minutes, so not that far away. But she's like, you need something more reliable. Right. You don't want to get stuck on the side of the road. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm young. I'm <laughs> like, you know, if something happens, I can fix it. It's not that serious. So I end up with a car note. So I have a car note not to work. Mm-hmm. So then I started working. It's like, well, I'm just going to take, go to community college here. And just, it slowly progressed to the more I started working, the more I had to want for, you know, get my own place, do this, do that. So eventually it slowly phased out of school for me. Because life kind of takes over. And it does. Bills keep coming. And whether you want them or due, not, rent is due. You got to eat all of that. Do you have any children? No kids. No. Interesting. Okay. So. You are a 33-year-old single man, came mm-hmm. from a pretty solid, you know, childhood. Mm-hmm. And in terms of your mental health and in terms of like your focus in life, talk to me about that. Uh, so mental health, I think, is is fine. Um, uh, the divorce growing up was traumatic, uh, but I didn't, see, like, I didn't see the other side of it, so it didn't really have a negative impact on it. And then my father wanted to make sure that we did go to therapy mm-hmm. after the divorce. So it's something that I dealt with. So uh, that part wasn't the issue. But when it comes and to well, the let's focus, just pause for that for yeah, a minute yeah. because not stigmatizing therapy, which is stigmatized in the black community oh, absolutely. so often, I think is what a gift. Because and I used to be a clinician, so of course, you know, I'm, I believe in therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but really, it is a resource that people underutilize, especially in our community, because there's such oh, a absolutely. stigma to it. And just having the freedom to talk to somebody who's not going to judge you, who mm-hmm. has no input on how your life goes, because talking to family, man, is is good to talk to people, but <laughs> having somebody throw it in your face when something right. goes wrong, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you that. Then, well, there's that other dynamic there. Absolutely. Yeah. Relationships get in the way. Mm, very much so. 
So I was I was fortunate enough. I was able to go and I was able to move past it. And I you know was able to forgive everybody. So. So do you believe in marriage? Oh, absolutely. This haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, if you're listening, <laughs> he is available. Go ahead and uh, send us an email at Speak Between the Lines. Uh, I go by J Rock on that podcast. So <laughs> go ahead and send me. He put the smooth <laughs> voice on for you, ladies. The smooth voice came out. So, J Rock on the Speak Between the Lines podcast. Absolutely. But in terms of your focus in life, like, do you have a vision or a focus for your life? Like, do you have a plan? Um, what's interesting about that is I got to a point where I did not, uh, cause like I said, I grew up in Louisiana, so started working, mm-hmm. bills came up and I'm just going from job to job to job. Uh, so my last, I was at when I was, uh, still in Louisiana, I got to a point where it's like, if I keep on doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, well. My, the rest of my siblings were already out here in Texas. Okay. So I knew that I had a somewhat of a of a support system where I could relocate and I could just get out of my own way where it forced me to do something. So so stop right there for a minute because mm-hmm. that's powerful. So you had it. You you knew you had something familiar so that when you jumped off the ship per se yeah. metaphorically, you knew you had a safety net. Yes. But let's go back to the decision. And the insight where you said something very profound. You said, if I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to keep getting the same result and nothing's going to change. If I don't do something different, then nothing's going to change. That is insight that not a lot of people get to. So how did you get there? Oh, struggling. (laughs) This, um, I was working a job that made decent money. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it wasn't, you know, it's not what I'm making now, but it was able to pay the bills, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I've went through some periods where I wasn't able to pay all the bills. And that's a very humbling experience because as a man, I don't believe in asking for help. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather go without. And the worst instance of it is winter. Mm-hmm. It's snowing in Shreveport for this reason, this year. I don't know why it's, it doesn't normally snow. We don't normally get ice. Right. But it's a very cold winter. And I didn't have the money to pay the gas bill oh my goodness. for two weeks. So I'm like, I'm going to take these, I'm going to rock with these cold showers. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out at a friend's house after work. But is I've always had that sense of pride where a man's not supposed to ask for help. So you didn't, you didn't have hot water or heat for two weeks yeah. because of your pride. Yes. Interesting. And I, I had people that I could have easily went to mm-hmm. and got the money. It was like, I don't want people to know about this. <laughs> so you waited until like your next paycheck to get it. Absolutely. It. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And I know that men, we all have pride. Let's just get that off the, off, yeah. off the bait. Men and women both have pride. But I think men especially deal with it in a much different way than women. And it is society-wise so mm-hmm. much easier and accepted for women to ask for help than for men. Well, which is because we we were talking about a, a form of this not too long ago in our podcast, and it's the role of a man that he's supposed to be the one to provide. Mm-hmm. And if you can't provide for yourself, uh-huh. let alone take care of somebody you're trying to date, if you have kids, that's extremely stressful for mm-hmm. a man, if that's important to you. Well, and if you subscribe to that worldview, because yeah. in today's society, 
there's a whole bunch of worldviews out there that may challenge that. Absolutely. Now, I happen to believe in that, um, you know, and so I understand that. And, you know, it's not always easy right. to be humbled in that manner. Man, twenty degree weather will humble you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that you made a decision mentally to choose to take the challenge and level up, mm-hmm. because then two weeks later you paid the bill. Yeah, and then you mentally made a decision. Okay, something's got to change. Yeah, that was the best shower of my life. <laughs> after I paid that bill, <laughs> best I shower bet, of my life. I bet. But that mental decision then started you on a whole different path and a different course. So one decision can literally change your life. So you then move to Texas mm-hmm. and you reestablish yourself. Absolutely. And which before I came out here, the longest job I worked was maybe a year, maybe two years. My current job, I've been here for six going on seven years now. Our job will do that. It makes it very comfortable. <laughs> it, it, it does. But the fact that I've been able to try new things, the fact that I'm doing a podcast now mm-hmm. where it forces me to work myself so I can bring content and bring value to it is something that if I was in back at home, I would never be doing. You know, I'll still be working the same job. I'll still be playing, staying at the same place, probably a little bit more comfortable because I would have time at the same company. But as far as with the the growth that I've had and mm-hmm. the change in mindset that I've had since I've made the decision to, I'm just going to bet on myself and I'm, I'm going to work on myself is... I wouldn't change it for anything. So what contributed to that mindset change? Because mindset change is one thing that we deal with in the, in the courses, of course, in the online school, but it's, you know, it's a broad concept. So when you, when you're talking about mindset and mindset shifting and changing your mindset, what sparked that mindset change? Uh, for me, it was just, I wanted more out of life. Okay. Um, I, I didn't want the handouts that, uh, that was given. Um, because, like, yeah, even from a price standpoint, that's that's one of the biggest regrets I had. Uh, my last car I had, my grandmother helped pay for because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it at the time. And she passed before I could pay her back. Mm. And I know that she wouldn't have took the money anyway. <laughs> but I at least wanted to just like, hey, here, I have the money for you. So uh, that, uh, you know, that experience, the fact that I wasn't able to do for myself when I felt like I should have been able to. Uh, the experience I had not being able to pay the, you know, pay my bills when I needed them paid. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I'm, uh, my family worked out, uh, worked for the company I'm at now. So I'm like, I knew that in order to work there, I have to constantly be growing, mm-hmm. whether that's into be a supervisor or to be the coach or do anything where I am now wouldn't be enough. And I wanted to put myself in a position where I didn't have a choice but to grow into it. So you put yourself into a situation where you knew you were going to be challenged. You couldn't challenge yourself per se, mm-hmm. but you set yourself up for success by choosing an environment that you knew was going to challenge you. Yes. That takes a lot of courage. Oh, it does. Um, <laughs> Cause it, it, it was scary at the time. Cause when I was going through training, I didn't know if I was going to make it. <laughs> I used to get to work and pray every day <laughs> in the parking lot. It's like, Lord, if you just, you said you wouldn't leave me straight. You won't put nothing on me more than I can bear. Lord, I know this is what you want me to do. You want to make me drive three hours. <laughs> Help me keep this job. Right. But it's it's great because I've, I've always had that mindset because when I was in high school, I stuttered really bad. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, to fix it, I'm going to get a job at a call center. 
Okay. Where I have to talk every day and I have to sound confident to succeed. And I've been doing call center type work for the majority of my life. So it's like, it's easier for me to put myself in a situation where I have to rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And that'll be my advice to give people who don't know how to do it. Just force it. Put yourself in a situation where you have to make it or the uh, the only option is death. When death is other other option, Mm -hmm. you're not going to choose death. You're going to choose to succeed. Interesting. And and it was also interesting to me just as you're talking, because the insight that you have probably intrinsically in you, the choice and the decision to grow and to put yourself into challenging situations to rise to the challenge. Men, I think by nature, have a competitiveness in them. So, you know, I'm going to make it Mm -hmm. sort of and that can drive you. Um, In terms of the way that you talk to yourself internally, so we call that Mm self-talk and, you know, the narrative and the story that you tell yourself, has that changed over the years? Um, yes and no. I've become more critical of myself. Um, probably in the past three years or more, I work on myself Mm -hmm. is because I feel like I'm never doing enough. Which is a double-edged sword because you don't want to beat yourself up to where you're not going to do anything. But at the same time, you never want to feel, get back to being complacent. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to leave Texas to go somewhere else. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, so so not being stagnant. And I get that. Um, but in terms of like, so when you're critical of yourself, like when you, like, how? tell me more about that. Um, so the biggest part for me is uh, goal setting. And when I don't make the goal is what do I need to do or why, what steps did I miss? Okay. And just being able to be honest with yourself about what stops you. Was it this issue of drive or was it something else that got in your way or something else that you can plan to fix for next time? So how do you, how do you, how do you choose your goals? Like, do you have a vision or do you just randomly choose a goal based on the season of life you're in or how do you choose what you're working towards? Um, a little bit of both. Um, right now, uh, because I've been doing podcasting and I enjoy it so much, a lot of my goals have been going to towards that and to other options that I can do in this world. So like uh, one thing I'm working on now is, and I've talked, I feel I've talked to you about it, is actually starting up a production company mm-hmm. and managing other people's podcasts because I've been doing all the editing work on it the hard way, apparently. <laughs> all, uh, the back, all the background tech. <laughs> right. So I've been doing that for over a year. So it's like I've gotten really good at it where I'm able to do it in an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, I see a lot of people post online. It's like, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? Well, it's like, well, I can open up my own business and I can you know, charge people to do what's easier for me now because I've learned it. Mm-hmm. You have knowledge that you can share to add value to other people right? and charge for it because you've earned that. Absolutely. So back to goal setting though and vision. So do mm-hmm. you have like, so you, when you moved to Texas, you were here with your family, you're in this new job. God, please let me keep the job. <laughs> let me get this money so I can yeah. get my bills paid. And it sounds like the drive was as a man, I got my pride. I got to take care of myself so that I can prepare to take care of a family in the future. Only because I know that he wants to get married, y'all. He told me before. <laughs> so that is one of one of one of your future goals. Absolutely. Um, so so preparing yourself and your idea about what that life would look like. Um, but 
in terms of how you chose what goal to work on first, how did you, did you consciously choose it or was it sort of like as it came up? Um, a little, like I say, there is a little bit of both. So like with the marriage one, um, I do, you know, believe in marriage. I do want to get married one day and have a family. So one thing, my first thing was I need to be financially stable. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on, working on finding my financial health, getting out of debt, making sure that I'm lower expensive, make sure that I know how to teach it also to Mm -hmm. my potential mate Mm -hmm. and my kids. And then once I've got that, I won't say master, but I got that part of control. It's like, well, I need to make sure I have more money that way I can be able to do other projects, whether it's moving into a house or getting new cars or whatever the case is. So I started working on myself. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been more of a almost how you do the snowball effect with credit. Mm-hmm. That's the Dave Ramsey concept. <laughs> absolutely. You, you pay the smallest bill and then you take that money you save and right. put it to the next one. It's that's how I've been doing my goal setting. I said, okay, well, I need to work on this part. Okay. And then once I got that in control, okay, well, let me take the time that I've been spending all this into the next part of it. So it sounds like, and let me tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So you have an overall arching, like an umbrella. So you have the umbrella of marriage. Right. And in order in your head for you to be at the place where you want to choose to get married, you have to be, you have your financial health has to be mastered. Your mental health has to be mastered. Your career self has to be mastered. So it's interesting that, okay. So in terms of financial health, let's say, Mm -hmm. what if, and I'm just throwing it out there. What if you're 33 right now? What if five years from now, you still have not mastered your financial health? Would that inhibit you getting married? Oh, no. Because that goes back to me being critical. It's like I, I feel like you're never at a point where you truly mastered something. Because once you mastered it, you stop working on it. Hmm. So I never feel like I'll be at a point where I'll be perfect. Okay. Because it, it doesn't exist. I um, say that all the time. I believe perfection is an illusion. It does not exist. Now, we strive for excellence. I think I got it. <laughs> episode two if y'all haven't listened to it <laughs> uh, yes but I, I i really agree with that like well, i heard that like that's 100 percent correct but i feel um and one conversation i have with uh one of my podcast mates is you attract what you are mm-hmm. and when i really took a hard look at myself at the times like would i want this person Mm, that's a great question. That's a very hard question to ask yourself. It, it, it takes a lot of courage to ask that question, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to answer yourself honestly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's when it's like, okay, I need to work on finances. I need to work on health. I need to work on career. And did you include anyone in this decision process or this was all you sort of working it out mentally? I'll know it's just myself. Interesting. Because you have to be careful who you bring dreams to. Mm-hmm. Because people will kill dreams because they don't understand it. Some people will. Some people. It depends on who you're connected to is, yeah. is, what, is my thought process. I do agree with that. So most people in my circle, um, they weren't on the same level I was mentally. Now, are those people from that circle in your current circle? Most of them were not. 
Because what I find really interesting, and I find this with students and with people that I coach, um, and even with myself over my own development in my years, is that as I level up and become the person that I'm supposed to be and walk out my destiny and my journey, the people that not only are attracted, but the people that are able to stay change. Now, I, I, mm -hmm. we've talk, I have a podcast about friendships, and I do have some lifers who I've had for like 30 years, and they're just, they're lifers. Absolutely. But- People come into your life for different reasons, different seasons, different purposes, and it it does take maturity and insight to recognize and when need be release. Yeah, and a lot of people release themselves. <laughs> That's true. Because it gets harder for them to be around when you're doing things yeah. and they're not. Well, because it makes them uncomfortable. Absolutely. So that was part of it because uh, I do have, you know, people who I just hang out with and, and they're just hang out friends. Right. And then you have your people that you talk about educational stuff, mm -hmm. about development. And you have a separate circle that's just family and friends. Uh -huh. So uh, I use that a lot because, yeah. like, the people I just hang out with, it's like, okay, we're just, we're just going to have fun today. We're just going to kick it. <laughs> that's it. And that's perfectly fine to have those different mm -hmm. types of friends and relationships. So that's, it. you know, as, and I got married at 32, so, you know, Shout out to being ready and waiting because that takes courage too when you watch all your friends get married and you're not. Yeah. Um, especially as a woman. I know men it might be a little different. Yeah, but. No, we don't really. It's like, <laughs> oh, you want me to go to the wedding? Okay. <laughs> How much I got to bring you for the gift? Gift. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, know, I know exactly where you work at. You don't need a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's interesting to me because just from talking with you, um, it sounds like you already had some insight and wisdom nuggets inside of you that as you progressed in your life, you kind of opened the door. And so whether or not you realized it or not, it was in there just waiting for you to open the door and access it. Yeah. And I agree with that because most people wouldn't put themselves in a position where you had to make a weakness a strength. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I've done that and just going back, it's like, man, I've done this like three or four times in my life. So so you actually celebrate your victories and you celebrate, wow, I reframed that from a weakness to a victory or a weakness to a strength. I don't celebrate it the way I should, to be honest with you. That's what I'm really critical. So I'm okay. like, uh, like, even the way I speak, I'm like, ah, oh, it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's dealing with self-talk and narrative. Now, he is going through the uh, Butterfly Transformation course. So in that, um, there is a module on mindset where we talk about beliefs and we talk about narratives and self-talk. So I'm interested to get your feedback about that once you go through that module. Okay. Um, because as we've talked about on the podcast, uh, multiple episodes, how you talk to yourself and the standard that you internalize for yourself is what you... So if my standard internally is one thing, then you're naturally going to respond to whatever my standard is. You won't be able to rise above it unless I give you permission, but you're going to basically respond to me the way that I respond to myself internally. And I can't expect from you a standard that's higher than what I give myself. It won't be congruent. It won't be consistent. Does that make sense? Mm. Because you, you, mean te that? you teach people how to treat you. So if I treat myself a certain way, so like back in the day when I was dating, there were certain conversation tones, there was certain language, there were certain ways of treating me that I accepted because okay. I didn't accept anything higher than that for myself. Okay. When I began to have a different standard, I then 
communicated that verbally and non-verbally to others and they responded in kind to where today people would not even think about talking to me in a certain way. They won't even think about bringing certain conversations or language because they know that's not who I am. That's not the vibe, the spirit that I give off. Does that make sense? Oh, no. Yeah. No, I'm with you now. I know a lot of people like that where even even just people with coworkers, like, you know not to bring mess to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if people are gossiping over here, it's like, no, I don't want to hear that. That person does not drink the tea. <laughs> Absolutely. And they don't even have to tell you that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, is when it, for, it's like validation and confirmation about the investment of self-development, mm -hmm. personal development, and the leveling up that I've done on the inside that then communicates to the outside. And I'm like, oh, shoot, Michelle, go ahead. I, I'm actually doing this thing. And it sounds like when you moved to Texas and you started the job here working at the company, we're just going to call it the company. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and as you, and, and you did this, I think, instinctively from what I'm hearing, is that you took a challenge, took something negative, and you reframed it for yourself into a challenge rather than, something that was going to conquer you. And so that allowed you to develop strengths and skills that you could implement to then conquer that. And now I, I would argue you need to celebrate your victories a little bit more. I, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not easy. And we're not taught to do that. Um, and I had to learn that going through when I was in uh, graduate school for mm. my um, my uh, master's degree and I, I used to be a clinician, um, one thing that I found very effective was the sandwiching because I don't, nobody likes to hear criticism. Nobody likes to hear critical things about themselves. You get defensive. Yeah. You know, you're like, who are you talking to? Like, what are you, what are you saying? So what I've learned is if you start with something positive, now it has to all be true. You can't come with something that's like, <laughs> you know, like off the wall, like, oh, you're such a great communicator to someone who can't put two sentences together. But so you say you you acknowledge something. So, for example, you know, Jared, you come across like a very solid, well put together man who is handling his business. Okay. Now Feeling I do now. now yeah. So that, that's the that's the top bread. Mm -hmm. Then you have the sandwich. Now I do see room for improvement in where you could be a little bit nicer to yourself mentally. The self-talk that you do in your private moments could be a little bit more positive so that your life would enhance even the more. And I know that you can do this. Now we're on the bottom level. I know you can do this because you already told me that you take challenges and you reframe them into things to conquer for victory. So I know that you can do this. See, this is why you go vegan. I don't want, I don't, I don't want that meat. Just give me the bread. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is that, and I and I do that with myself as well. And I'm my husband too. I've had to I've had to uh, help him understand my communication style and my love language. Where if you're going to give me feedback, I am all open for feedback because in order to grow and to learn, which is a value that I have, you got to have feedback and you got to be honest and truthful with yourself. And that yeah. was we. Ju I just had an episode. Uh, an episode. Yeah, I just had an episode called Owning. Um, own you, owning yourself. And it's about taking responsibility and being truthful and showing up authentically and in truth in your life. And that takes courage. So it's, it takes practice, but you know, I'll say, okay, I'll take the feedback, but first you got to tell me something nice. Then you can give me the feedback and then I need you to hug me and tell me you love me at the end. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like, I'm I'm pretty simple. Like, I need the solution. Mm-hmm. Like, if a criticism means nothing to me if you don't have a way out of it. Okay. So that that's and that's my that's my thing with work. And anytime I'm trying to help somebody, it's like. I don't want to come to you with a problem if I don't have an answer for you okay. or if we can't work through an answer together. So you're solution focused. Yeah. So your goal setting is solution focused. And I'm going to do a podcast about goal setting. Actually, I might do a little a mini course because I was thinking about that um, because there's different ways to goal set. There's different steps you can take. I know Tony mm-hmm. Robbins has like a six, uh, six step way to goal set and decision making. And like there's a ton of information, but I find that information is great. But unless you can apply it practically it means and implement it, it means nothing. Because where's the where's the benefit? Where's the fruit? Where's the value in your actual life? Yeah. And I had an example that I used to do network marketing, and we talked about that as well. <laughs> so I used to be the guy. So, okay, I need to know how to have this conversation. They say this, I need this, this, this. Not I was always, I need more information. Uh-huh. And then... You know, the guy who sponsors is like, okay, no, just do it. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. It's like, no, it's like, no, you know enough. Trust me. But so is people get to that always wanting more information, mm-hmm. but never want to apply it. So, And it's really the action that yeah. creates the change because you yeah. can have all the information in the world, but if you don't apply it, if you don't take action, nothing is going to change. Yeah. So like at all. for you now it was drastic. You don't have to move states, but for you, you had to move to a different state, take an action to change your life. Now your mindset has been in progress, in change, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be as drastic. So you don't have to leave Texas now, (laughs) but you can still implement that process of, you know, change, deciding you decide, then you learn and you glean information and then you apply it. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with that. <laughs> now, it may be like from Dallas to Garland or maybe Raleigh. Small, Listen, small moves. Texas is like its own little country. So even it if is. you move to different cities and states, you're, you're, it's fine. Yeah. Although, yeah, well, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've covered a lot. And I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we're not going to do like an hour, two hour like the Speaks Between the Lines podcast. That but- actually was one of my goals. Like, let's see how long I can distract this out. <laughs> We got it to about 35 minutes, like, oh. <laughs> Setting expectations. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I do want to just highlight and kind of bring it all together. So, you know, I appreciate your perspective as a Black man, as a professional man who had the courage to talk about, you know, you didn't always have it together. You've had to deal with your pride. You've had to make decisions and change your mindset. And I think it's, it's commendable that you are aware of the process. I'm really excited to have you finish the butterfly transformation course, because I think I may have you back on the podcast to talk about how that um, either helped you or didn't, you know, if it, if it, if it wasn't effective, that's fine too, but just to get your feedback about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because the course is, is about transforming your life. It um, goes from identifying where you are, to then the cocoon stage, which is where change actually happens. And then you break out and we deal with vision planning, goal setting, and then implementation as well. So I'm really interested to hear your feedback about that. And I'm glad we have a baseline from this conversation. Um, So let me ask you this. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you feel like my listeners would benefit from that I did not ask about? Oh, let's see. I really don't know because I, I 
one thing I like being transparent is because that's one issue I had earlier is you've, everybody feels like whatever happens to you only happens to you. Mm-hmm. So sharing your stories does help other people because they realize they're not the only one. Mm-hmm. So hopefully not to me, I were in freezing cold with no heat. But if you were, hey, I'm right there with you. Uh, but that's one thing I would say is tell the people close to you what's going on because they can benefit from it as well. And ask for help. Asking for help is not a bad thing. It's uncomfortable. I'm working on that part. And, and it, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for everybody. And even me, who I, and I'm usually very open mm-hmm. to asking for help or asking, you know, hey, I need this. But, you know, as an adult, you do want to feel like you have it together. But I'm going to I'm going to give you all some a secret. Okay. Nobody in this world, nobody who's walking on this earth has it all together. Nobody. And if they do say they have it all together, there is an untruth in there somewhere because perfection does not exist. So we're all a work in progress. And that mm. is a beautiful thing because it's really about the journey. And on it the is. journey, we need to be choosing gratefulness. We need to be aware and we need to be open to change. Or if you decide that you love life how it is, then you can choose to have your life stay exactly the same. Because as an adult, you're empowered to do that. I would suggest against that, <laughs> personally. Now, <laughs> you miss out on a lot of things, I would say. Um, but I always, um, you know, especially with Successful Diligence is here to help and support. But we never force anything on anyone because it's more about you deciding what type of life you want. Yeah. And then ha- we're supporting you with strategies, tips, tools, with resources to get there to assist. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I I understand where you're coming from, and it's it's true because not everybody wants to be in a better place. Uh, but what I will say about the journey is uncomfortable. Sometimes it's painful, but when you look back at the road and you look at where you're at towards the end of the journey, mm-hmm. it's worth it. Oh, I agree. Priceless. It is invaluable and you can have such confidence and you can celebrate all that you've overcome. When Man, you that comes full that circle, through. doesn't it? It really does. It really, because there's such power, I think, in being able to acknowledge the good in us. We're really good about acknowledging the bad. Yeah. And you can always pick apart anything about you. But when to choose to celebrate the good, whatever you focus on, you get more of. So if I want more of the good, then that's what I need to focus on. I agree with that. Good point. (laughs) I I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. Um, So what are two takeaways from our conversation? Uh, For me, it's going to be focusing on celebrating the good and also working on identifying areas for me to improve on. Because out of three things that you were saying with the with the course, identifying the growth, and then celebrating all the success, the identifying is going with without me going in it. I feel like I, the identification is the most important part of it. Because mm-hmm. if you, you don't know, know where you, you need to work on, then the work can't get done. Right. You got to know where you are, where you're starting from, mm-hmm. in order to. Well, you have to know where you're going. So I always use the uh, the highway example. If I'm taking a trip. And I want to go, so we're in Texas. If I want to go to Oklahoma, 
well, I don't even know the roads to go to Oklahoma. So I'm going to take it back to the East Coast because I know that I know the highways back there. So <laughs> 95 is a major highway, right? So I know I want to go from Connecticut to Massachusetts. That's my goal is to get to Massachusetts, right? Okay. I know, number one, I'm going to have to have a car. I'm going to have to have some snacks because it's a three-hour drive. And I'm going to have to take 95 at some point. So highway 95. <laughs> so knowing where I'm headed is one thing. And then I have to get information is there construction? Are any roads closed? Is there any detours along the way? And then I have to know where I am. Am I healthy? Am I sick? You know, am I able to drive? Yep. So knowing where you are enables you to gather the resources that you need to start the journey to where you want to go. And then as you're on the journey, you choose gratefulness, whatever roadblocks come up. Let's say there's a, a detour that takes you a half an hour into the mountains somewhere. Me personally now, instead of getting irritated that now I have an extra half an hour to drive and that's more gas coming out of the car, which is more money, I'm going to choose gratefulness and enjoy the scenery. Now, I'm, I'm he's laughing, but uh, side note on this story, when, when my husband and I were moving to Oregon and we drove cross, cross country and oh, wow. I was, uh, yes, and I was following um, my, I call her Navi on my phone, the Navigator app. Mm -hmm. So I was following Navi and she took us completely off route by like an hour into this, I don't know if it was a national park, but it was like this. It sounds was, nice. It was beautiful. And we saw this rainbow, but then we got to a dead end in the forest. And my husband says, I don't think this is the way to Oregon. And Navi don't know what she's talking about. We're going back to Google Maps. And I, so he was really irritated. But I was like, but if we didn't get off the path, we never would have saw the rainbow. And we never would have saw this beautiful forest. It's going to rain in, in Oregon. You'll well, see it the always, rainbow. It always rains. I'm about to say, you're, you're, you're going to see the rainbow in Oregon. It's, it'll be a fine. Right. That's true. <laughs> and we saw lots of rainbows. I saw more rainbows in Oregon than I've ever seen. But my point is that I chose, and even today, like, we'll joke about it. But I chose, if we didn't have that detour, I wouldn't have seen that beautiful forest, that beautiful rainbow. Yeah. And so for me, it was all part of the divine journey, and I was okay with that. That's my own mental decision of how to perceive and tell that narrative. He'll tell the story completely different, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I try to be extremely positive because it's too easy to find what's bad in life. Mm -hmm. Especially what? in today's society. Oh, man. That's why I'm not on social media. <laughs> I mean, I'm on it, but, you know, it'll take me a week to respond to if you send me a message. But it's it's so much harder, not harder, but it's, it's more challenging. It's more challenging to always be the guy with the smile in the room, mm -hmm. to always be the one trying to put a smile on somebody else's face. So to me, positivity wins out easily. And it's a choice. Like my husband calls me Big Bird because I'm always like the sunshine in the room. But that's a conscious choice that I make. I'll show up to work not feeling well. I'll show up to work with an attitude. And I sometimes I choose to have an attitude. I talked about this in another podcast. But then I'll I'll make the conscious choice because for me, I don't want to impact someone else negatively. Yeah. And I understand that what I do, what I say, how I show up in my life impacts other people. And I always want that impact to be one of value and to be a positive one. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, guys. So on that note, I, as I always say, keep walking and on the journey of life, choose gratefulness.
I wanted to make sure that you definitely check out today's podcast episode notes. There are links to the Speak Between the Lines podcast. There's also links to the Successful Diligence School where you can check out the Butterfly Transformation course that we talked about um, in the episode. There's also a free mindset course that you can check out as well. And within the free mindset course, uh, once you finish it, there is a 50% coupon code for all paid courses um, that you can take advantage of. In addition, if you email us at SuccessfulDiligence.com and the contact form, you can get a special code, uh, coupon code for podcast listeners only to get 50% off of all paid courses. So definitely valuable. Um, So check out the show notes for the links. And in addition, we've got our journals and t-shirts and mugs and all of that if you want to check out some of our merchandise as well.